1: luke sylvia and jonathan osborne covering all things magic basketball by fans for fans go magic what's going on orlando magic fans you guys are back with the six man show today is june 27 2022 jonathan osborne here as always i'm joined by my co-host luke sylvia luke how are you what
2: i do baby I uh I feel I feel great, I really do. I, I I felt great, and I'll be completely transparent here before we get started. Um, so obviously you know I was not shy about the Jabari thing, and uh, that I wanted Jabari, that I preferred Jabari, that sort of thing. But the Palo pick happened, and like a minute after the pick, I was like, I'm good, I'm good, and and I, I think that uh, now I'm I'm feeling great, more than good. So just as time goes on, I think it uh, it's it's becoming more real. You just gotta embrace Paolo and understand what he brings to the table, and it is a lot that he brings to the table. So I'm excited about it. Yeah, just like as you see him embrace like his teammates,
1: and he's posting his jersey and everything like right. that, and like his teammates are posting his you know the jersey swap stuff and everything. Super exciting, super excited to have Paolo. We're gonna definitely talk more about that. Just wanted to like really quickly just shout out like just how crazy like this whole like month has been for us everything's just been so great with the lottery party then the draft and we had jalen on and then like the scooter magruder thing happened if you guys are living under a rock and you don't know who scooter magruder is he does like hilarious like like comedy like videos around the nfl and college football been on the pod before the nba been on the podcast before like way back to the lockdown days if you've been rocking mm-hmm. with the pod since then and just threw a little six man show um you know reference in there which is really cool not because oh not only because of the fact of the platform that he has but the types of videos that that scooter makes is like he throws in references that only diehards get mm-hmm. and the fact that we were included yeah. in that like you you will only get that reference if you're like a diehard and that was just mm-hmm. like
2: that was it was it was really it was really nice it, it, it meant a lot so appreciate that and shout out his boy at Salmon's don't die on Twitter, I or something like that, right? That's his. That's his name on Twitter. Salmon's don't die. His name's also Jonathan. It's a great oh, name. Gotcha. Is His yeah. last name Salmon's or something.
1: I don't, I don't know. know that Jonathan Salmon's wasn't that a uh, an NBA player? Didn't he like play for the Kings? Jonathan Salmon's. Mm. I'm almost positive. Right. Like going Are back you? to like the end of the odds, Jonathan Salmon's. I'm almost positive that was an NBA player. Where we might be showing our our age here, and you might be showing your your the, the the age difference between the two of us but i'm almost <laughs> positive as luke is looking that up right now can you confirm that for me yeah it's, jonathan uh, Salmon played for the kings i think he played for the bulls it's played it's really different salmons
2: teams. but uh well, that uh, was that was a Sa- Sa- salmon salmon is
1: you know pronounced <laughs> you know it's spelled like salmon so yeah you know, whatever we're going to move on. Um, a lot to talk about in this episode. It's been a very busy week. As everyone knows, the Orlando Magic selected number one in the NBA draft on Thursday night and took Paolo Bancaro. A lot to unpack here. Before we do that, we are going to go ahead and shout out our patrons. And we have officially come to the point, folks, where we will only be shouting out our brand new patrons and then also our hall of fame tier patrons so if you do want to hear your name shout out on every single one of the episodes go ahead and either join or upgrade to our hall of fame tier and we will be shouting you out on every single episode but three new patrons on this episode dudto 15 my boy bobby skinner who is the host of the talking giants podcast if you're a new york giants fan go ahead and check that out really appreciate bobby and then Nate Donley. Those are our three new brand new patrons. Again, we shout out our brand new patrons. And every week we're going to be shouting out our Hall of Fame tier patrons. So we will go ahead and do that right now. Shout out Court Cousins, Wiffle, The Distract, Ryan Singh, P.R.A., Nate Donley, Mr. Mikey, Magic Player History, Lil Penny, Jonathan Borges, Dylan Holden, Duddo15, Drum, Danimal, Carson Tulo, BRBS, Creative, Bobby Skinner, and Armin, thank you guys so much. If you want to help support the show, you can find us at patreon.com slash the 6 Show. Luke, let's talk some more Jeff Weltman. We talked about Jeff Weltman the night of the draft for obvious reasons, because for weeks and weeks and weeks, it was a foregone conclusion that Jabari Smith Jr. was going to be the number one overall pick in the draft to the Orlando Magic. And there were reports that Paolo Bancaro wasn't even receiving consideration to be the number one pick. Um, Some would say as as far as that was the reason that he didn't work out for the Magic. But Woj said it the night of the draft, and he said it the next morning, that Jeff Weltman pulled off one of the absolute most impressive stealth pre-draft processes in recent memory. Because everybody thought they knew what the Magic were doing for weeks and weeks and weeks. And then 15 minutes before the draft, really everything... I mean, the odds started to change, but in terms of the reporting, everything changed like 15 minutes before the draft started. And um, I just wanted to talk about like why that is important because we're getting people asking like, oh, why does it matter that they kept it so close to the vest or why would they even do that? It's so stupid that they, that they did that. So the reason that it's a big deal is because you, you don't stand to gain anything by letting other teams in on what you're going to do. Unless it is a you know once in a generation type of draft, if we're talking about a Zion Williamson or a Shaquille O'Neal or a LeBron James or a player to that level, we're just coming in for months and months and months, even before the lottery, it is a foregone conclusion of who is going to be the number one overall pick in the draft because it is just the, the gap is that wide between prospect one and prospect two. In those instances, like hey, okay, hey, this is probably gonna be the guy that we're gonna take. But even then, in, in that instance where it is that obvious, you, you again, you don't stand to gain anything by telling teams this is what you're going to do. Because if there's a team, let's say it was a, a Shaquille O'Neal draft, and there's a team sitting there at seven, and they want to give you like five future first round picks, they want to give you like an established all star, and they want to give you a, a few really promising young prospects. And maybe you you look at your team and you're like, you know what, we don't really need a center, but we could use these other guys and we can use a ton of draft capital to do other things. And you want to use that to your advantage. At that point, you can do that. There was nothing shady or, or disingenuous about anything that the Orlando Magic did. We know one thing for sure, the Orlando Magic front office does not leak anything, right? So don't confuse this for the magic we're telling people and we're telling Jabari we're going to draft you number one. Oh, hey, you called us yesterday and we told you it was Jabari. Well, guess what? Today it's Jabari again. They were not doing this for the past six weeks. They were just simply not saying anything. Every report that we saw was coming from rival executives and other GMs from other teams and you know, scouts around the league that thought this is what the Magic were going to do based off of a number of reasons. For all the reasons that we talked about why Jabari would have been a good fit here in Orlando, those are the reasons that led people to believe that that is who the Magic were going to select number one. Keeping your cl- your cards close to the vest up to the point that the pick is made, you're, you're basically just holding other teams' feet to the fire, saying if you want to draft number one and pick the guy that you want, this is what our this is our asking price. And if you want a guy that badly, you're going to have to trade up and give us what we want in that deal because the Magic hold all of the power in that instance. So. I just find it so silly. Even when you listen to the national media say, I don't get why it was this big secret for six weeks. What do you mean you don't understand why it was a secret for six weeks? If you Mm -hmm. tell somebody who you're taking number one and it's not the guy that they want, they have no incentive to trade up at that point. So why would the Magic do that? It makes absolutely no sense for them to do this. What I think it is at this point, everyone was reporting on it for weeks. Now they look dumb, like they had no idea what they were talking about. Jeff Weltman looks incredibly smart, and now they have to spend even that much more time talking about the Orlando Magic, which we know they can't stand. So for all of those reasons, I respectfully, yo, like you know, the shake hand emoji, we can just disagree if you don't see the benefit behind what Jeff Weltman did. And just give the man his respect, because he just... Uh, he, he fooled everybody. He fooled everybody.
2: Yeah, and that's something that's just so hard to do. And and that is something Woj also talked about was like in this day and age when technology plays a huge part and reporting is a huge part. There's so many people that are reporting using social media to get their information, texting people, um, you know, all those sorts of things, the way that they have these resources lined up. So for Jeff to not like to do this, like I am I would love to know. I mean, Woj didn't put a a date on it or anything like that. He just basically said in recent memory, like this is the most that, you know, kept quiet stealth type of of pre-draft workouts and and things done, touch points, whatever. And I I would love to know, like, when's the last time the league got fooled this badly? I want to pull from like all the GMs in the NBA. Like, who did you think the Magic were picking going into draft night? And I just want them to have to put a name out there. And I, I would be surprised, obviously, if it wasn't just a bunch of Jabaris because these guys are getting their information from somewhere and it's not within the Magic front office. That is what we learned. They weren't getting anything. So I, I would love to see a poll. Like, how just how badly did Weltman fool the entire NBA? Because I would have to guess he fooled 90 to 95% of the of the teams. I would say the last time that folks were this surprised about the number one overall pick would be
1: 2013 when it was Anthony Bennett. And that's because mm-hmm. it was a mistake in the <laughs> moment. Everybody right. knew they it was, whoa, what are the Cavs doing? Because it was just everyone knew it was a mistake at the time. And that is proven to be correct. You know, that's not kind of like revisionist history. Like everyone at the time was like, what? why are you taking Anthony Bennett number one? And I also think... You know all of these reports coming out when you know your kind of reputation is on the line in terms of being one of these like draft analysts. You see everybody is saying one thing, and if you're not feeling strongly one way or another, it's really like the safe thing to do is oh you know what? everyone else is saying it's Jabari, I'm gonna say it's Jabari because if I'm wrong, then we're all wrong, and I don't really look that bad.
2: Yeah, yeah, I I mean, but I think everybody learned their lesson, Jonathan, and they're gonna continue to learn. We'll cause see. I don't think, I don't think they I, did honestly. I don't think the Magic will – well, I think it'll become, I'm hoping, that people will be more likely and more apt to say the Magic are, are not releasing information, whatever it might be, whether it comes to free agency, trade packages, those sort of things. I, I just – I have a hard time believing Weltman will leave anything out there that he doesn't want out there. Everything seems so intentional. Um, and, and maybe there's things that are just kind of trivial to him and he doesn't really care that certain things get out, whether that be like the magic kind of growingly obviously T Ross has not helped that case of trying to keep it under wraps, whether they're trying to deal him or not, but we it's come to like we knew at the deadline now, like they were trying to deal him and get a first form and they weren't able to essentially. And as we know, true to Weltman's character and that front office character, they weren't gonna take a deal that they felt like they were getting, you know, screwed in, essentially. They're going to do what they want to do. We've talked about it so many times. Same thing with that T. Ross situation. That's why T. Ross is still on the team. And I would not be shocked if, you know, as a result, Weltman's kind of his stubbornness and what he wants. If Ross is just on the team the rest of the year at this point.
1: I just picture Jeff going home every night, you know, tucking his kids in. I don't know if he's a cigar guy, but maybe, you know, going and grabbing a nice (laughs) cigar and heading down to the den. Just Turning on the TV, putting his feet up, <laughs> lighting that bad boy up, and just sitting there laughing maniacally. <laughs> just like, you have no idea what we're doing. No one knows anything. I'm an evil genius. Oh, mm. uh, man. It just, Feels I just likely. wanted to take, I just wanted to take some more time at the beginning of the podcast here to just give Jeff Weltman his flowers. Like, regardless what you think of the job that he's doing as the president of basketball operations with the Magic, just like, Take a bow, sir. This whole pre-draft process for, for what you did, just take a bow, because just it, incredibly entertaining. Oh, just, and so that was fun. my feeling, like, Paolo, I, I, I said, I hope Paolo's the pick just so everybody has no idea what was happening. And that came and to happened. fruition, so I like you know, I, I am
0: you know uh, reveling in that quite a bit. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All
1: right, let's talk some more about Paolo Bancaro. Obviously, you know now it's been you know three days since the pick. Um, he did a ton of media that night, had the press conference in Orlando the next day, um, You know, made an appearance on the Orlando Magic Pod Squad with David Steele and uh, Dante Marcatelli. So first of all, I- I'm just increasingly confident with the pick. Last night, I sat here at my, my computer desk and watched Paolo highlights for probably like three to four hours, just like different season mixtapes, rewatched like the whole UNC, you know, North Carolina versus Duke game. That was, you know, fun for uh, different reasons for me. Rewatched his game against, uh, you know, Texas Tech in the, um, in the elite eight. Um, to, well, in, I think that was a sweet 16 to go to the elite eight in like the last few minutes of that game. It was Jeremy Roach, but when they needed a bucket like Paolo Bancara was either making the assist or making the basket, to just keep them in that game until Jeremy Roach kind of took over the last few minutes of that game. But yeah, just increasingly confident with the pick that they made. Really looking forward to Summer League. Just everything that we talked about with with Paolo, that's just been echoed since then. The physicality, the versatility, the basketball IQ, his ability to make others better, his unselfishness, just full on display the entire season at Duke and into the tournament. And just really looking forward to see him at Summer League and looking forward to see him next to like our guys, like Wendell yeah. and like Franz and, and all of those guys.
2: Yeah, and, and he went on Rosillo's... uh Weltman went on Rosillo's podcast here recently and kind of echoed what you had been talking about really the last few weeks, which was you were saying if they, you know, if they are to draft Paolo Bancaro, for instance it's because they do believe he's going to develop that three-point shot mainly um, and and he goes on to say on that podcast he says that you know I, I think he's going to become uh, I think he said very good uh three-point shooter or shooter in general I think is what he said he went on to kind of talk about like his his you know um, his way of shooting from the mid-range and how efficient he is from the mid-range and um, how he just is very confident that he's going to be a very good shooter in this league and it makes you you feel good about it there's a lot, obviously, with that. If, you know, Paolo, obviously, he talks, you know, Weltman talked about it at that beginning press conference, talked about how they've, you know, had multiple touch points. Um, and we come to find out that none of, of which included an actual workout. And it, it oddly makes me feel more comfortable with the pick. Like, with how thorough that front office is, the fact that they did work out Jabari, and they did work out Chet, and yet they still came to the conclusion that they wanted the guy that they didn't actually work out with, and they just basically relied on, I I mean, I guess that a lot of footage, I know that their scout, um, essentially scout department in Orlando is deep, I know those guys are always traveling, going to games, I'm sure that they have so much, you know, stuff to rely on, and things, because it's, you know, like they say workouts are important for the sake of you know you get to see them with your own two eyes instead of just watching on film because it's very different you get a feel for things and i think that's obviously why scouts go to those college games and i'm sure that the magic had just so much so many notes from going to watch Paolo play especially at a prominent university like duke of course on top of that so made me feel even better that the magic didn't do their you know stereotypical workout with him because they had no problem they had no problem with with what you know with Paolo and said, you know, he's our guy. Yeah. And I'm glad that you brought that up because, you know, we've gotten some
1: comments and, you know, messages about, you know, what we talked about right at the draft. Cause again, we witnessed the first three picks. Then we went upstairs to the ozone and started to record the podcast there. And we're recording in, in real time, the draft was still going on, you know, behind us. Mm-hmm. So now we've gotten some more information and some more clarity in terms of what happened during the pre-draft process Paolo never never worked out for the magic like we everyone is, has kind of said that at, at this point and what that says to me is that just means he was always the pick like Jeff you know can say up there and he, he stand up there and say all the right things like oh Ryan Rossillo you, you bring up his podcast Ryan Rossillo asked him did you know right like shortly after the lottery who who the pick was and Jeff says well you know that's not really the the best way to do this which is is true you shouldn't just be married to a guy like from right. day one but you had a feeling who it was as soon as you won the number one pick. And to me, the fact that Paolo never worked out for the Magic tells right. tells me that he was always probably going to be the guy. Especially because we've heard things like the Jabari Smith workout was incredible. Like the kid essentially couldn't miss in that workout. So the fact that Paolo never visited the Magic, but had you know multiple Zoom calls and, and things like that, he was just always the pick. And I, I'm not going of course, to argue that that was not the right pick because it's very obvious why he was the pick.
2: Yeah. And Weltman talked about that as well in a previous interview. And he's done so freaking many interviews in the last like month that I can't remember which interview it was, but he did talk about with, with Paolo at that point, like um, you know, and and the advice he's gotten from other teams that have gotten the number one pick talked about like, yeah, you can't be married to one guy like throughout the, the process, but it does make you feel good, Jonathan, that like their gut instinct was probably Paolo at this point um, with no evidence to back this up, obviously. But their their gut was probably telling them Paolo from the get go and Paolo with even Jeff having the mindset of, OK, we can't be married to one guy the entire time uh, throughout this whole process still came to the conclusion that his gut instinct was correct they had done the work before the lottery even started way before with going to duke games i'm sure doing those things and taking their doing their due diligence throughout that scouting process that they still came to the conclusion that paolo was their guy so i, I really it just honestly the more that i hear about the process and the things that you kind of just get to add up you know um essentially makes me feel just a lot better than than it even would have been if it was Jabari obviously you trust them but like based on everything Jeff has been saying putting two and two together I feel really good about Paolo being that pick
1: and then just one more thing that I, I want to put to rest is a lot of people are saying like how could you not work the guy out like why wouldn't the magic want to work him out blah 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 why do this you know all this crap and not work him out and take him number one it was not up to the magic whether or not they worked out Paolo that's that's mm-hmm. all we'll say. It wasn't up to the magic whether or not they worked out Paolo. Did you see the clip? And this is really as far as I want to go in, in this discussion because it's really evolved on social media. Did you see the clip of Houston fans reacting to the number one pick? Bro. Hilarious. Dude, I felt such I felt their anguish in that moment. Yeah. yeah. Like Hilarious, talk about though. pissed off people better them than us is all i'll say about it if you if you haven't seen it they were having some kind of draft party in houston there must have been it was a few hundred people there yeah and it's just the pick the our pick being made orlando and as soon as adam silver says paolo bank which is no (laughs) f this f that what the f like they were so mad and i mean i mean i get it you know um Yeah. But hey, don't get married to one guy, I guess. Don't oh my gosh. Yeah, I (laughs) I I feel for them. Like I I truly feel for them. Magic fans, there's no like reason to entertain any Houston fans that are talking trash to you on social media. Let them do what they want to do. We went through this last year. Be happy with the guy that you picked. Don't worry about other teams. Don't worry about how they felt about your pick. Just enjoy the pick.
2: Right? And I yeah, and I wanted to give one more one more thing about Houston and, and like what they were dealing with that night. Because the reason they got so set on Paolo is because obviously reports were talking about Paolo. Paolo's a great player, but it was like kind of this three-horse race, and they were number three. And so they were thinking, you know, Orlando probably takes Jabari, Chet, OKC goes with like the very OKC pick and goes Chet, and then we just get Paolo. And they had essentially done, like before it even happened, they had done that thing that every fan can do of their team and it's an incredible talent your team makes a trade and your gut reaction you bury it and you say and you can convince your, yourself of all the ways that it's the best thing for the team no actually this is good i feel good about this like we do that all the time when it comes to trades and acquisition like things like that throughout the nba and for any sport so i understand what houston had done paulo kind of number three in every Instance, like that's what they had convinced themselves of. That's what the media told them that Paolo was number three on the pecking order, all of those things. So they just said, This is our guy, and they'd already accepted it way before the draft even happened. And they were excited about it. But because they are, you know, doing those side of things, I have no problem thinking that like Jabari is going to grow on them already if he hasn't. Like, if he hasn't already, he's going to come summer league, I'm sure. Yeah, for sure. Just super,
1: super funny. But the last thing that's like coming out of this is like, the amount of copium that they are taking, trying mm. to convince themselves that like Paolo doesn't want to be in Orlando and that he's not smiling and everything like that. There's a, a video that we're gonna play on YouTube. I think it's it has like it's more um you know effective when you're watching it and you're kind of watching how happy Paolo is talking about being in Orlando. Um but Ryan Welch uh with WKMG new six here in Orlando, uh he got to sit down with paulo in Brooklyn for an exclusive one on one on one after the draft. And um, ask Paolo just kind of what would he tell Magic fans? So we're going to play that clip now. Man, get ready. You know, I'm coming and, you know, we're going to win. You know, we're going we're gonna to put it together, man. I'm, it's, I ain't going to make any promises, but you're going to get 110% from me. I'm sure the rest of the team is going to give the same. And, you know, just from talking to the front office and the coaches, you know, they all have the same mindset. So it's going to be exciting. You can tell before he says I ain't going to promise anything <laughs> he said like yeah you know, we're going to we're going to get this right we're going to figure it out essentially he he's thinking championships but he doesn't want to come out and say that
2: yeah and and I think this is also just kind of like you said it it is probably more effective just like watching the video of it yeah to have that perspective to have that like visual just because Paolo also this goes kind of hand in hand with people are like oh he's not happy to be in Orlando paulo's a, a monotone dude when it comes to off the court at least it seems that way so far and like interviews stuff like that like it just feels like his, his I, d- voice I wouldn't isn't say monotone but he's not incredibly expressive expressive
1: is probably monotone but to me is like just like uh you know kind of thing like right. he's, he's not quite at that level but he's not, there's not some like inflection
2: incredibly expressive yeah 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 there, there's some inflection in his voice but regardless like it, it stands true like his that video is, is, is much more effective for you to watch than it is to see. So if you guys listen to this, obviously feel free to come back to the YouTube channel later and, and just give that a look. Um here at this this minute mark here. So um yeah, excited for Paolo, excited for the magic, man. I man, summer league, it can't get here quick enough. You are telling me.
1: So like we said, you know, we were breaking down the draft in real time, and by the time that we were like recording and everything, we missed you know, most of the rest of the first round and into the second round. One thing that we haven't talked about yet is the Magic drafting Caleb Houston, Michigan, um, Michigan wing, 6'8". Um, another six, Michigan eight, boy. Another Michigan boy um, at 32. So let's talk a little bit about Caleb Houston. Again, 6'8", you know, guard wing, attended Montvert Academy in Orlando, so he's familiar mm-hmm. with the area. Um, but in his freshman and only season at Michigan, Ten points per game, four rebounds, one assist shot. 38% from the floor, 35% from the three-point line. Um, and that's really the the skill that he brings is his size, his great movement at 6'8". He's a competitor. He's a decent defender. Uh, but the shooting, and it's, it's more of like the theory that he's going to be a good shooter. You can see the mechanics, and you can see it in spurts. I tweeted about this yesterday, but I remember watching the Michigan-Colorado um, State game live in the tournament. And in the second half, he had this, like, couple-minute stretch where he hit three straight threes to really keep them in that game. And once I saw that he was—I was like, oh, my gosh, I remember this kid. Like, he's got some fire to him. He's He's got some competitive fire to him, so— I'm looking forward to to seeing if he is able to to make the roster. There's already you know some speculation that he'll probably spend a lot of his time in G in the the G League. He may be like a two way guy for us this year, uh, but we're gonna see him um, you know at summer league. So that's gonna be really exciting. But um, yeah, I, I I see what John is you know seeing in terms of like the the shooting stroke and his ability to you know perhaps turn into like a role guy in the NBA. So people complain that the Magic don't use, you know, their their second round picks. They traded one to the Lakers before the draft. Uh, they dra- uh, traded number thirty five to the Lakers uh, for cash considerations and a future second round pick. So we'll kind of see what happens with that. But Caleb Houston, you know, the Magic might have found one here at thirty two in the second round.
2: Yeah, I mean, obviously, like a, a large volume of his shots were were from three at Michigan. Um, he goes, like you said, shoots like 35.5% on those five threes a game. I think that, you know, they're, especially if he plays in that in the G League, he'll be able to get his his confidence up. I think we will see a lot of G League highlights when it comes to Caleb Houston probably getting hot like he did in that Colorado State game. Um, obviously, like that's a big stage. That's the biggest stage that he's played on at that point. So for him to get hot like that, you know, back-to-back-to-back to back to back threes in a March Madness game. I think that that he can develop into something good, obviously. I think that magic fans are so used to the the second round picks being traded that maybe you don't think much about the second round pick. but who knows there's a lot of guys in the NBA who were second round picks that come out to just be studs um in due time. so Caleb Houston you know might find himself in that you know in that realm for sure how how old is he, he was a freshman right so he's about eighteen nineteen? yeah, he's nineteen. Yeah, so he's got time, man, and by the time this team has, you know, the Magic have kind of taken full form, maybe Caleb Houston has turned into a reliable, even if it's just a a spot-up three-point shooter, would love to see, you know, Caleb find success and be able to point back to this draft as not only the Paolo Bancaro draft, but the Caleb Houston draft, too. It's so
1: weird to see guys, like, born in, like, 2002 and 2003 now, like, being in the draft when I remember those years, like, vividly. Caleb Houston had the absolute gem of the press conference with the Magic. He, they were asked by reporters Paolo and Caleb just kind of if they had ever played against each other and like what they thought of each other's games. And Paolo gives us like really like thought out like really good answer. All the things that we just said, you know, 6'8", good size, moves well, yeah. good shooter, you know, all these kinds of things. And then Caleb's like uh, he's the number 1 pick. I don't really I, I don't really need to tell y'all <laughs> what he does. Like he's the number 1 pick. And the whole room just starts laughing. So Caleb Houston, you know, press conference gem from him. But yeah, really looking forward to what he brings to the summer league team. Um, be exciting for him to, to, you know, make the roster. I think kind of going from the thought process of like, oh, adding Jabari, we need this great shooter. Now you add Paolo and even like Jeff Weltman said, they expect him to grow into a very, very good shooter in the future. He might not be that from day one. So we've been talking about this for 10 years but the Magic still needs shooting. So you have Devin Kennedy on the roster. Hopefully we're seeing guys like Franz Wagner take another leap in that department. Wendell Carter take another leap in that department. Jalen Suggs definitely take another leap in that department, but it still kind of feels like we need shooting. So if Caleb Houston is a guy that's able to play you know, really, really well and get into a role and can bring that to the Magic, that would be super exciting. Uh, I wouldn't say expectations are super high for him this year, um, this might be a kid who you know might need a few years in the g league and then kind of works his way up into the nba and then works his way into the rotation but he's only 19 years old he's got plenty of time to be able to do that all right uh we talked a little bit about the rasillo uh, you know, with with jeff weltman but there are a couple of little nuggets that really stuck out for me uh when jeff is talking about Paolo and just kind of the things that they found really valuable about him um you know Analytics is really taking over the landscape of basketball in the NBA. Um, Analytics say that Paolo was a 90th percentile shot creator for himself in college and also was in the 90th percentile in terms of creating shots for other guys. So when we talk about Paolo being this guy that can just go ahead and get you a bucket, but also in the same conversation, he's a guy that's going to make others better. Um, Looking back to that Texas Tech game, in the ncaa tournament last few minutes of that game he like scored or assisted on most of those duke baskets to keep them in the the game and then eventually give them the lead and kind of help extend the lead um but yeah that was really um encouraging to say he's talking about Jalen suggs and really just talking about the the young core of the team mentioned how Jalen was was a 90th percentile defender in the nba as a rookie which is a massive deal we've talked about this it's really in my opinion not talked about enough with Jalen obviously the offense is not where we want it but jalen as a rookie it was a delete uh, an elite defender a delete defender if you want to say he just elite deletes defender. his appointment his opponents off the floor appointments his appointments look you, you <laughs> lost your train of thought earlier i can't speak half the time anyway so we're, we're really just killing it tonight mm-hmm. um but yeah jalen needs to you know tighten things up on the offensive end but we already have a elite defender in jalen suggs um Jeff Wellman also finally confirms that Franz Wagner had a visit with Orlando before the draft, that they brought him in for a workout and they had dinner together and everything like that. And then, of course, we got the Jalen Suggs update in terms of the ankle that this past week he started on court activities. And then in terms of Jonathan Isaac, still really no update there. Um, They're still hoping that he's going to be ready for the upcoming season. Jeff Weltman just making appearances all over the place in terms of the media um, on draft night. Uh, he had an interview on NBA TV, and really the most he he said all these you know things the same uh, you know he said this you know, with the media at the Amway Center the night of the draft. He said it at the the press conference. He said it with with uh, Ryan Rossillo But one thing that he said um, on the NBA TV interview that we found pretty interesting was when he's talking about the ages of our guys in the starting lineup. He said, our guys in the starting lineup are 24, 20, 20, 19, and 24. Um, we're thinking that maybe he forgot that Jalen Suggs turned 21 a few weeks ago. Uh, but that kind of lines up with what we've thought in terms of what the starting lineup will be next year. Luke, are we reading too much into that?
2: No, I don't think so. I think it's just kind of a, a, a thing that clearly Weltman doesn't care like that, that we know what the starting lineup is i mean he he lists all of the all of the players ages and he knows like the magic fans especially are going to read into that and they're going to look at it and see we'll see it'll be interesting to kind of cross-reference that with opening night's starting lineup but um yeah i mean if anything that just kind of tells you what he wants it to be i guess you know once it'll, you know whatever that looks like um so i don't know i i really don't know but i i would venture to say i don't think jeff cares that we know that that is what the starting lineup is because he probably just knows they can figure it out. And that's what you and I have been saying for a long time to have Cole come off as a spark plug off the bench. I don't think that's a slight to Cole. I think that is just a better fit to be honest with you. And when we talk about this, we're talking 24, 20, 20, 19,
1: 24. Markel Fultz is 24. Jalen Suggs was 20 until just a couple of weeks ago. Franz Wagner is 20 years old. Paolo Bancaro is 19. And then Wendell Carter is 24 years old. So, We've all kind of thought the last couple of days, or even we were talking about potentially like Jabari or Chet being here, um, that the the starting lineup was going to be Fultz, Suggs, Franz, draft pick, Wendell Carter, and now Paolo is the the draft pick, so he's going to kind of fit into that starting four. And when we started to talk about like one of the best passing lineups in the league, like all of those guys advanced passers yes Jalen definitely needs to clean up like the turnover issues of last year but just in terms of like if he is able to slow down and be patient and let the play develop making those advanced reads and then like the ball placement on passes that he's able to make there are just a lot of guys in the league that aren't able to make those passes so from night one you know you're talking about one of the better defensive lineups in the league we're going to see what Paolo is going to look like at the NBA level as a defender I'm really excited for Summer League once he has a few Summer League practices and that standard kind of gets set in terms of how they're going to play on the defensive end. We'll see what Paolo looks like defensively in Summer League. He looks like a cone. Then okay, that's not a, a great <laughs> sign, but we don't want to overreact to that. But if he comes out and is like playing hard on the defensive end, that's going to be really exciting. So, uh, you know, people are talking on Twitter today that the Magic are one of the best young cores in the NBA. And it's when you look at that lineup. It's it's hard to argue, and then if you look at, we would have guys like Cole Anthony, Chuma Okiki, Jonathan
2: Isaac, you know, coming off of the bench. It's a pretty good lineup. Yeah, I mean that's a deep lineup, and you're getting to the point where it's like looking at that depth chart. It's uh, we've said it before, and I'll say it again. I don't envy Mosley having to come up with rotations because you got you can list ten guys uh, on that depth chart and still have to figure out what you're going to do with you know rj hampton or devin kennedy or caleb houston like we said caleb is probably going to be um you know one of those two-way guys but you can kind of get to that depth chart and there's there's 10 players and then you still have like i said kennedy rj hampton caleb houston and that's with not even that's with terrence ross in there if you're spec you know saying he's going to be on the team and that's without gary harris mo bamba and robin lopez on that depth chart so I don't know, man. I, I <laughs> there's a lot, there's a lot of pieces. Morris is another guy. Yeah, Mo is on the and included in that ten, and I, I just because he's that backup center position, essentially, and really the if is not there, especially that's that's going to be interesting too. So
1: another kind of a interesting piece of Magic news that came out. So Shaq on the the big podcast. Um, I haven't listened to the whole podcast to really get all of the the context around how this was brought up. Um, but they're talking about the Orlando Magic, and this is a direct, quite direct quote from Shaquille O'Neal. He says, listen, we still run that franchise. If they want to sell it to us, DeVos family, we're ready to go right now. This message to go out to the DeVos family, if you're ready to sell Orla- the Orlando Magic, sell it to somebody who's going to take it to the next level. So Shaq, uh, you know, Shaq says some things. I'm a big Shaq fan. I'm wearing the, the Shaq shirt right here. Shaq, you know, um, he has the, the tendency, I think, sometimes to, um, what's the word that I'm looking for? Talk out kind of, of uh, his rear end. I mean, you could say that. I was going to say just kind of exaggerate things, you know, just right. fabrications, You know, maybe not full out lies, but just kind of, you know, dances mm. around you know, what's really going on or maybe isn't always the most, you know, let's say forthcoming. I just find it interesting. First of all, the comment around, we still run that franchise, like, you've been to a handful of games the last 20 years. Like don't think that we forgot that like you bounce to the Lakers and like you're always like claiming the Lakers and talk about the Lakers and you hardly ever talk about the magic. Like let's, let's just be real about what it is. Would love Shaq to buy the team. Like don't get me wrong in in that regard at all. But it's just funny. Like, Oh, we still run that franchise. Like what what does that even mean? Kind of thing. (laughs) I know in terms of like fans, yeah, fans all are in love with Shaquille O'Neal, you know, they worship the ground that he walks on all that kind of stuff. But like, you haven't really been
2: around for quite a while. No. And this just goes into what I was saying. Like he, he, he talks out of his rear end. That's for sure. Like, and, and he might tell you that, you know, like he talks a big game, but, but who knows? And he might double down if you were to say like, what do you mean? You run the franchise? (laughs) Like it's such a stupid, like that's how he started it. And so from the jump of that, like whole thing, I was just like not really taking it seriously after he said that. And I, I mean I, I don't know, man. I don't I don't know what that would mean for the franchise if Shaq bought it. I don't I just don't know. Like maybe he means like we're ready, like financially we're ready, but are you really ready to run an NBA franchise? I I just don't know. I don't I don't know if I buy it. I really don't buy it actually. And I I don't think it'll ever happen. And I think he knows it's not gonna happen, which is why he said it. But in
1: all due respect to Dennis Scott but Dennis Scott certainly doesn't still run the franchise like he's talking about himself and and, and he told Shaq to go
2: find Shaq you need to find one of those one of your billionaire friends and Shaq was like no we got it don't worry about it I was like yeah yeah all right dude I mean like if we want to talk about people that are like
1: still here and really like might actually still run the franchise like like we're talking about Nick Anderson and and Mm -hmm. Bo Outlaw like you know guys that have always been around like for years and years and years and to his credit, like Shaq has started to come around more, like since since yeah. his induction into like the Magic Hall of Fame, and you know he was at like a, a game or two last year, which is you know it's cool. But we just want to see you around a little bit more before we go ahead and start saying things like you run the franchise. And let's make one thing really clear: regardless of what you think about the DeVos family, like yeah, you know, we've heard that the the younger DeVos generation is starting to get more involved with the team. They're not selling the team anytime soon. Like they, no, I don't see that thing. happening. Yeah. So it's
2: a family uh, business. Obviously.
1: Yeah. We saw. We saw the. Um. I think it was the the great uh, grandson was at the the draft like wearing the watch and everything and. Mm-hmm. Uh. Yeah. You know, we we know. You know some of other grandkids are getting to be more involved with the team. So. Yeah, it's uh not not happening anytime soon. Sorry for anyone that was really looking forward to that. Again, wouldn't be the worst thing in the world, but. I just uh, I don't see that happening. Last but not least, Luke, uh, let's talk a little bit of free agency because that is where the entire focus of the team and the league is is now shifting. So, um, coming up on the thirtieth when free agency starts, uh, the Magic have a few really big decisions to make. So uh, we can talk about the guys that may or may not be here, um, you know, at the end of free agency. So Mo Bamba obviously is going to be a restricted free agent. He has a $22 million qualifying offer that the Magic have the ability to extend to him, and then it's his decision whether or not he wants to accept that and then become a free agent at the end of next year, or if he wants to test you know, restricted free agency and um, you know see if he wants to sign an offer sheet, you know, with any of the teams um, you know that he may be interested in joining, and then you know, with restricted free agency, the team that. You know, has your restricted free agency rights, have the ability to match any offer sheet that you might sign, and then you have to uh, re-sign with that team. Uh, Gary Harris, who's going to be an unrestricted free agent, um, those guys, in my opinion, are probably the two most consequential guys that we need to make a decision on. Uh, Robin Lopez is an unrestricted free agent, and then the team has um, a decision to make about Mo Wagner. Uh, I believe if they don't um, waive him before the 30th that his second year becomes fully guaranteed if I'm not mistaken. So if he hasn't been waived at this point, I think it's probably safe to say that Mo Viner will be on the roster. You'd probably need a third kind of power forward center combo guy. He's great for the locker room. He's great for the edge of this team. And you know, you want to keep baby bro happy for another year if you can.
2: Yeah. I, I you know, I obviously we knew we were going to talk free agency and, and, you take a look at the roster construction and what this team needs. It's it's what we've been saying, right? You just can put two and two together again here. Gary Harris, if you don't bring him back, I would like to bring another vet in the locker room um, that's a guard position similar to Gary. I would like to just bring Gary back. Let's make that clear. I, I would love Gary to come back. Can um, we can we stop the conversation right here for Gary Harris? Like To me, the Magic need to bring
1: back Gary Harris, not go and get a veteran guard like... We're, we need Gary shooting. Like Gary yeah. became a legitimate like corner three guy last year. And we like actually truly
2: really need that now. Yeah, you need it. And if you don't, you better go get yourself a, a shooter. That's, you know, maybe his age. If it's not Gary, get something like him. And so I think like my proposal is Brent Forbes. Um, That would be the other unrestricted free agent that I would be interested in to bring in and kind of be in a Gary type role. You know, uh, last year, you know, he goes to, he plays for San Antonio for 40 games. He goes to Denver for 35, shoots four threes a game, shoots 41%. He, uh, let's see, in his career, uh, besides his rookie year, shot 39% from three, 42%, 38%, 45%, and last year, 41.4% on uh, essentially four attempts a game. So I think Brent Forbes would be a viable option. You know, he's he's kind of in that same range. He's 28 Um, obviously, so right there or long, you know, kind of coincides with Gary Harris's age. So I I think Brent Forbes would be a good option just kind of looking at the list. There's really not a lot of guys in free agency that stick out to me as like actual realistic options. So maybe a guy like Brent Forbes would be realistic. I don't know, but he's kind of who I would throw, you know, my hat in the ring for if it's not Gary Harris.
1: Yeah, I want to um, take a little play out of our, our friends at the Pick a Side podcast. I want to take a play out of their book. They do something a lot that they call um, Would You Rather, basically. I mean, yeah. It's like, would you rather have this guy or would you rather have this guy? And when you start looking at the shooting guards around the league that are set to be free agents, um, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll kind of play this game. Uh, so Gary Harris is going to be our Would You Rather. So Gary Harris or Zach Levine. Zach Levine you rather have Zach Levine, but like you're really going to cough up the money to do that. Jeff on the Ryan Rosillo pod talked about how having long-term cap flexibility is still really important to them. Even though yeah. you have this cap space, don't let it burn a hole in your pocket and just spend it just to spend it. So for that reason, I think Zach Levine really isn't a good option for us. All right. What about uh, Jeremy Lamb? Uh, Gary Harris. Gary Harris. Jarrett Culver. Gary Harris. Right. Hamadou Jallo. Oh, who is with Gary. Detroit and it's a, a team option, so he yeah. might just stay there. Gary. Gary. Louis, Lou Williams. Gary. Lemon Pepper Lou. Oh. Josh Jackson. Gary Harris. Bruce Brown. Bruce Brown is an interesting I, one. He's nice. Because he's because he's still young, kid's a heck of a defender, you know, could really just kind of plug in with this franchise. Bruce mm-hmm. Brown, like if they are able to get Bruce Brown away from the Nets or from one of these other suitors in free agency, Bruce Brown is one that I wouldn't be mad at. But like you, you said Bryn Forbes, I Bryn Forbes, I'd still rather have Gary Harris. Bruce,
2: well, for the for the sake of uh, or three point shooting, like Bruce Brown is not a, a three point shooter by any means. Granted, he sh- right. shot 40% from three last year, but only 1.3 attempt a game. So, um, right. so uh, who knows, really, with Bruce Brown. But, but Bruce Brown isn't costing
1: you nearly as much as Gary Harris is. That's kind of where I'm coming from. And like, neither is Brent if Forbes. If you can't get... Yeah, if you can't sign Gary Harris and you decide to go with, like, Brent For- Forbes... Why can't I say Brent Forbes? Him. Him. I'll just call him him. him. Or... Like Bruce Brown, I won't be mad at if that is what they decide to do. It would be a loss. Like to me, it would be kind of a step back. But if he just doesn't want to be here, you know, you only have a number of options. Let's go lightning round here. Dante DiVincenzo, Lonnie Walker, Wayne Ellington. Uh, You'd rather great. have Gary Harris. All right. This is one that's kind of interesting. Anthony Simons. I like it but the amount that you would have to pay him to get a, get him away from Portland yeah. and this is a guy who I think at this point in his career now that CJ is out of Portland he's going to want to be a starter yeah. and i don't see Portland letting him walk so i i don't i i for what he would cost to get him away from Portland you know i i don't think i'm ready to pay Anthony Simons 30 million dollars a year
2: no um but the <laughs> I'm looking at Anthony Simon's number. This kid is ridiculous. He uh, shot eight attempts from three last year and shot 40.5%. I yeah. mean, that's stupid. It, it is. is so stupid. Good. And I would love Anthony Simon's in that respect. Um, and it's a great story. You know, he he grew up in Orlando.
1: He's a, He grew up as a Magic fan. He's
2: named after Penny Hardaway. Right, exactly. And so... I would love Anthony Simons. Um, I just don't think. I don't think it's realistic. He's a young player, um, but he's still kind of he. He really is like starting to establish himself. I just don't know. You know, if being around all the young players in Orlando, like I don't know if it would be good for him. I don't know if it would be good for us. I, I. He's he's playing with some vets up there, including Damian Lillard. Like he's getting. He's getting put in the perfect position. I would have a hard time seeing him make his way to Orlando. Yeah, especially because they're going to be even better this year. Like you know, they yeah. just traded for Jerry and
1: Grant. Dame Lillard is coming back. If they posting with Nurkic, with KD. Yeah, if they get Kevin Durant, <laughs> then maybe we about. can get him because right. maybe then at that point they can't afford Anthony Simons. But I would like Anthony Simons here. Am I ready to just like throw like that? What big was of a his bag contract at
2: option at? Like, what was he? He's not unrestricted, is he?
1: No, he, he's restricted. He's a restricted okay. free agent. So I don't they could, think that they, they could match kinda, anything. I think they'd be dumb to They'd let be him dumb go, to man. let him walk. So yeah. I, for like a lot of those, re- he might be great here, but I just don't see it happening, you know, him mm-hmm. being a restricted free agent. So no. that just kind of brings me back to the point that I think Gary Harris is really the best option for the mags to resign him. Already knows what we're doing here. He's a great locker room guy. He has a real role here. He came off of the bench basically all of last year. So I think Gary Harris is a great option here. Let's talk about Mo Bamba. Because when we start to look at the, the centers around the league in terms of free agents, my preference was if you were going to let Mo Bamba walk, then you needed to kind of draft his replacement in like the late first, like early second round. But now that that is not the case, you look around the league and the, the other options are, are not great. And just in terms of like a kind of like an asset management perspective the best move might be to resign Mobamba. now i don't love the 22 million dollar qualifying offer now the thing is like we have cap space this right. year and then he's a free agent he's off the book so you've yeah. got to use that cap space kind of anyway it's just well, a one-year thing it's that's not going to hurt you long
2: term jeff talked about on the rosello podcast he very briefly like very much in passing was basically like you don't want to let this money you know you have to bounce a lot of things you have to bounce this and this and this and this and then he said you don't want to let you know the the, the salary cap but you don't want that money burn a hole in your pocket and so I, I just think that mo mo i've been critical and and but like you said you take a look at this list and it's like, there's nobody on this list that I would love to have. The only guy, and if he didn't have like injury problems and things like that and played only 37 games in the last two seasons, I'd say as a backup center, you could do a way worse than Thomas Bryant. But because of injury and things like there's, that. And I,
1: there's no way. Yeah. Washington, I don't think Washington can let him leave at this point. I just don't. I mean, he's. I would
2: uh, love Thomas Bryant. I would love Thomas Bryant as a backup center. Me too, and he's not like I said. He's only played thirty-seven games. Like, who knows what really what it's like over there for them and their relationship? But I, uh, I wouldn't mind him. But because of the injuries, like, you got to have a guy that's going to be consistently playing as a backup center, and that would just scare me. Um, so, I, like, I, as much as I honestly would love to just like find somebody that's maybe a little bit older to play that backup center role that doesn't care as much about minutes, a Rolo type of option. Um, but maybe a little better, and have them, you know, come in and, and sign him. I would love to do that, but as a result, I really think that the Magic are going to re-sign or they're going to extend that to Bamba.
1: And other people have made a really good point. Like if you look at Wendell, like you know he plays, you know, he's going to play sixty-five to seventy games. Right. Like at the most, that's probably just the kind of guy he's going to be. So your backup center needs to be able to start. You know. 10 to 16 games a year. You're yeah. going to need somebody. We know that Mo can do that. You know, it might not be the, the best option, but you know, he can come in and, and give you a little bit of this and a little bit of that. And, you know, we're going to have Paolo and, and Franz and, you know, some of these other guys. So, um, and, and who knows, there's the, 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 the chance that, you know, we come out and hear the magic, you know, agreed to a three year, $36 million deal with Mo Bamba. And, I don't think that would be the worst thing in the world. I maybe I'd want to pay him a little bit less than that, but maybe he might not be a part of like the full like the long-term plan, but some kind of deal like that where you can move him, you know, fairly easily. Right. If you feel like it's it's the time to do so. You know, yeah. if they sign him to a, you know, 3-year, you know, $36 million contract and, you know, the first year they're going to pay him like, I don't know, like 18 million and that's just kind of I don't even you can only decrease 20% each year I'm trying to do math off the top of my head which is absolutely not my forte mm-hmm. but some kind of deal like that we've seen them do this again and again where the deal decreases over time right. and it gets easier to trade the guy trade the guy as time goes on
2: so yeah I mean there's not much else to add there to like the Mo Bamba situation free agency uh i believe it begins june 30th i want to say 6 p.m eastern um i could be wrong so y'all can roast me in the comments if i am incorrect there but i do know it's june 30th is when free agency begins i don't know that we see stuff kind of off the bat like just get going as we as free agency begins with the magic i wouldn't be surprised like i don't expect them to make any big splashes I surely don't expect them to make any big splashes. Just take care of what you need in terms of roster needs. You need uh, some type of vet, like we talked about. If you're not going to bring back Gary Harris, um, and then you need a backup center, you know that that can go directly behind Dell, and so that Wagner, Mo Wagner, can also help in that four spot. I think it's pivotal. So really, nothing crazy. Just need to sign a couple essentially role players. Yeah, and
1: you were correct. It's the thirtieth at six o'clock Eastern. So if anybody roasts you, they're just kind of wrong.
2: So I'm roasting you. They're wrong.
1: Mm -hmm. And another thing that Jeff has talked about a bunch is like continuity and how important that is, you know, to this roster and to this culture. So it would make sense to you know bring those guys back. So all right, Luke. uh, Yeah, free agency is starting on this Thursday, so we'll have plenty of stuff to talk about on the next episode. um, You know for literally uh oh we're gonna actually we record the night before that so that's going to be kind of a buzzkill. we're just going to be really speculating at that point but next monday's episode will be packed full of free agency stuff and then that week starts summer league so that's going to be super exciting uh, yeah i think that's going to do it for us this week luke i think uh, yeah. we kind of packed a, a good amount in there yeah absolutely paulo Bancaro is an orlando magic folks for luke silvia this has been Jonathan Osborne. You guys are listening to The Six Man Show. We will catch you guys next time. See ya. Thanks for listening to The Six Man Show. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and Stitcher to get new episodes downloaded directly to your phone. Please take a minute to give us a five star rating and a review. It would really help us out a lot. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Six Man Show and like us on Facebook. We'll catch you guys next time. Go Magic.